So we come to hear you spit today. Oh my God, really? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Amsterdam Talk, season four, episode eight. And tonight I have the privilege to sit with Grammy nominated poet, the Queen Sheba. Hello. How are you? What's up? Thank you for having me. Oh man, you know, listen, when I got the email from Lady V, I was like, of course, of course. You know, I, I, you know, Let's 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 just break it down. Founder of Poetry versus Hip Hop LLC, a jump professor at Clark, Atlanta, creative writing in English to be exact. Grammy voting member, Atlanta chapter. Grammy, you mentor four times. African American delegate, Israel officer, foreign ministry, social impact, educated tour of Israel, national poet slam champion, Southern Fried regional poetry slam champion. Women of the World finalists, individual World Poetry Slam finalists, NCAA, NAACP. I always have a problem when I get to that because I'm a big sports fan. <laughs> NAACP uh, Image Award nominee two times, Furious Flower Poetry Grant recipient, Patron Artist Grant recipient. Uh, what is this? Lululemon Legacy Ambassador. Lululemon. Lululemon. <laughs> Lululemon. You was trying Legacy. to make it fancy. <laughs> Lululemon. Lululemon, <laughs> Legacy Ambassador. Before we got on here, we was just talking about German, German Shepherd Dog Mom That's and right. Bike Run Swim. Welcome to Amsterdam Talk for the HBCU Network. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on here. I appreciate it. Why is it called Amsterdam Talk? Because anything goes in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Oh, on our show, we talk about anything. I mean, I don't know if Lady V ran you, you know, our credentials down. We had 77. This is number 80 episode. We then ran from dating with AIDS, dating with herpes, uh, domestic violence. Like I said, the, the thing of this show is to talk to our people what goes on in our culture. You okay. know, we'll go, the community that the things that we don't want to talk about. That what are we talking about today? What are we, what are we talking about today? Talking about you. We celebrating you. Oh, oh, okay. I thought we was going with the hard questions. No, it ain't no hard questions because, like I said, we got everything about you sitting on my screen right now. You know, from Lyric Cafe on BT, 106 in Park, the Apollo feature films, we got it all. So we celebrating you, Miss Grammy nominated. You nominated. Oh, I can hear the Baltimore in you. You too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. Man, man. So it's it's just great to you know to have you here. So. Before we start, I mean, I done ran all your credentials down. So what haven't I said already? So you tell us about yourself before we get started. Um, Man, uh, I think, I mean, you, you got it all. I mean, I just try really hard. I'm a, my mom used to say, you just throw spaghetti on the wall until something sticks. And that's kind of what I do with my life. So okay. that's about me. That's a, yeah, that's about what I, I mean, of course, you know, we got the Grammy situation happening right now. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting. And um, I'm excited to be nominated for uh, best album in the spoken word poetry category for my album, A, You're Not Wrong, B, They're Not Either. And it's an honor. I mean, we've been talking about it as spoken word artists, as poets for years, for more than a decade. And then finally the Recording Academy came around, was like, you know what? We're gonna give y'all a category, your own category. Y'all keep crying about it. And what can y'all do? And they gave us some parameters and the parameters were really easy. We got to have a hundred poets submit every mm -hmm. year to keep our own category. And um, every poet has to have uh, 30 minutes of either recorded or live music on a professionally produced album and their own website. How easy okay. is that? So I, I got a question. Yes. When you got that call to say you were nominated. How did you feel? So it wasn't a call. So let me tell you what happened. What had happened was, so what happens is when you submit your album, everybody's listed. Like it could be a thousand people in the poetry category, in the poetry spoken word category. If you okay. submit an album, you're going to be listed in the first round of voting. So that's from like, um, you have to submit your album by like August 31st of every year. And so the first round of voting is from like September 15th to like October 15th or October 10th, sometimes it's three to four weeks, right? They give people time to campaign. It's like, hey, my album's out here, listen to my album. If you happen to be a Grammy or professional member, 
please consider listening to me, to my album and casting a vote in the spoken word category, right? We're not allowed to solicit votes. We're not allowed to um, hunt people down on social media. Like, oh, you're a Grammy voting member? Like, look for hashtags. We're not allowed to do any of that. Um, we rely on our organic relationships and the friends that we've made. And hopefully they tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, you know, just organically like everything else. Like, you know, Rod would be like, hey, listen to Queen Sheba's album, da 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 And then there, people vote. That's the first round of voting. The first round of voting, when the top five people have the most votes, they become Grammy nominated in every category you can think of. And I think there's over like 130 categories, everything from children's books to um, liner notes to album graphics to spoken word to the to the normal stuff that we see on the nighttime tv right it's the uh, hip-hop and r&b and r&b soul and da, 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 all the stuff that we're used to seeing right so mm -hmm. we're in the we're in the same ballot as beyonce jay-z cardi b ice spice lupe fiasco whoever i'm just naming <laughs> names but whoever else is on the ballot we also you know rely on people to vote for us and if um, you become the top five in any of those categories, you are now Grammy nominated forever. That title is never taken away from you. Never, ever, ever. So you are officially Grammy nominated. The Recording Academy sends you an email, says, congratulations, you are now Grammy nominated. Your peers thought you were dope. So now you have the choice of coming out to LA and participating in all of the festivities and going to the ceremony. Now the spoken word ceremony is earlier in the day. It starts at noon. So we do our red carpet from 1045 to noon. And then um, we go inside for our part of the ceremony plus other categories. And then um, uh, because we're nominees, we automatically get to go across the street and see the uh, the nighttime, you know, the stuff everybody gets to see at 8 p.m. that everybody's excited about, like, who's going to win, you know, album of the year and hip hop artist of the year. Da, 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 da. And then we get to go to the after party and we're treated, you know, like every other nominee uh, VIP. We're treated um, just amazing. So it's it's really a super honor to be nominated in any category. So um, I want to say to all the poets that are watching this or who will watch it in the future that um, we would love for you to, I would love for you to submit your albums. It is absolutely free to submit your albums and you do not have to be a Recording Academy member, but we do want more poets to become Recording Academy members because we make up our own machine. We need to vote for each other. And that's basically how you get nominated, of course. Okay, so you say that to be a part of the Recording Academy. So what if a person isn't? Like, do you look at a person differently because they're like, no, I don't want to join it. I can do this. I'm, I'll do it outside the Recording Academy. No, so think of it like a record label. So say, Rod, you own um, Amsterdam record label, right? And uh -huh. and I'm one of your artists. I may not necessarily, maybe I'm, a, so to be a part of the Recording Academy, you have to be five years in your genre. So okay. just because you're a dope, amazing artist, let's take, and I'm just making this up. I don't, I do not know this for sure. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to say her name. Let's, um, I was going to use a hip hop artist as an example, but like, you know, when you have the breakout artists or the new artists, we don't mm -hmm. know if they're part of the recording Academy because they're brand new to us. Right? right. But they may have been five years in their game. So say a new poet comes on the scene and they're dope, but it's literally their first year out, but they're dope. And Rod, you're like, yo, you know what? I'm gonna help you produce an album down here in Baltimore, up here in Baltimore. And you take them to a studio, you help produce an album, get their graphics done, blah, 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 blah. How did you get out there, Charlie? My German Shepherd is a is a gangster. He's mm. <laughs> sneaking all over the place. And then, um, but they're not part of the recording academy because it's their first year out and they need five years. So you're right. you're like, you know what? You can submit under Amsterdam record label, right. basically. And so they don't have to be a part of the recording academy to submit their album. Now, what we would be missing from them is their vote. So okay. if you know Big Bird submitted under Amsterdam recording. Um, a record label, then Big Bird wouldn't be able to, to vote for other poets in the category. So we have a limited amount of votes. That's why it's important that poets not only submit their albums, but also um, join the Recording Academy when you can. And the only thing that you need to join the Recording Academy is, and this is in no particular order, I'm just naming them out. It's $150 mm -hmm. a year to join your closest chapter. So the closest chapter to you would be DC. Um, and then you need five years and a resume. You mm -hmm. need um, 
two recommendations from two people who are in the Recording Academy and you need your own website. So, okay. That's it. Super All right. Easy. So according yeah. to your article, you are, you are a 22-year vet. I am been a full-time spoken word artist for 22 years. Now, full-time means, so like, say you have a, a job, like you work at Bank of America full-time, but you got a part-time job, you making soaps or candles or whatever on the side, right? You making crochet or hats or, you know, whatever we do. We make jewelry, you know how we do. I have been a full-time spoken word artist since mm -hmm. July 10th of 2001. That does not mean I haven't had other jobs or part-time jobs because you also read in my resume that I'm an adjunct professor at Clark Atlanta University and um, soon coming New Hampshire, Southern New Hampshire right. University. So I like being a professor. And as long as I can maintain both, then I will. But as soon as I win this Grammy, let's claim it. Come on, Lord. Then uh, when I become <laughs> too busy, it. then I just then I won't be able to, you know what I mean? So God willing, God willing. And whatever the outcome is, I'm honored to even be considered. So, I mean, yeah, I've been you're going to win the years. You're going to win the Grammy. You're going to win it, but still give back to them students with creative writing. Let them express themselves. You know, and, and write, like that would be amazing, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, See, I taught a semester at Clark as a, a special guest instructor. I think he taught like, Hip hop business 101 or something like that. So I want to know, do they give him the same shitty adjunct pay they give us? <laughs> <laughs> Might not be. I mean, but if I was going to uh, Professor Harris class, I would definitely bring a dictionary with me. <laughs> <laughs> and a tape recorder because you're going to have to run it back a few times. Yeah, definitely. You're definitely going to have to run it back. So you said you started in 2001. What made you start to want to do this, you know, start spoken word? So I um, was hosting a poetry night in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm from Detroit, but I was living in Norfolk, Virginia. I was going to Old Dominion University at a time. I met two other college students who were going to Norfolk State at the time, and they were doing a open mic every other Friday called Urban Safari. And I just started going there, reading poems I had written down while I was bored at work, or I was angry at my boyfriend, or angry at my girlfriend, or whatever was going on my job, and blah, blah, blah. And so it was really welcoming and opening. And then one day, Lamar Hill showed up at Urban Safari, and we were like, oh my God, who are you? You're amazing. This is, we've never heard this kind of, this 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 uh, cadence and this language and this fervor. And we were like, woo. And so he was taught us about, um, there was like a core of five of us. And then he taught us about Poetry Slam. We didn't know anything about that. And that was um, 2001. And he was like, yo, you know, you're pretty good. You can go on the road. And I was like, go on the road. More people in the world do this. He was like, y'all late. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Y'all late with this open mic in 2000. We've been doing this since the 80s. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, cool. So he introduced me to what, you know, happened around open mic to open mic was. And then I met uh, Talam AC and then it kind of went from there. So that's how I got into doing spoken word on, on the road as we know it now. So then about a, a month later, I started to um, come into work late. I was working a two to 10 shift. So I would go to literally drive to New York, drive to Delaware, drive to Philly, drive to Baltimore. I was going to Charles Street doing- um, I know exactly doing, what I said. Going to, <laughs> going to Charles Street, doing Gallery 409. I met mm -hmm. Fertile Ground. I met um, Olu. Yeah. Uh, I met uh, the, dry, is it the Dry Fish. I met um, Femi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the dry fish. I met all of them and um, also the DC people. I started to go down south towards North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. And then I was just coming in late and they were like, yo, you obviously don't want to be at Bank of America anymore. So why don't you go ahead and chase that little poetry dream you got? Well, all the hate that was the hate. little poetry <laughs> dream you got since you wanted to do poetry at night. I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. So that's how I started. Okay, so you you started you started touring and doing this because the piece I actually watched yesterday, the uh, I actually watched the uh, Def Jam piece. I was never on Def Jam. Well, so I mean, which... it was Def Poet something. I can't remember. Oh, all Def Digital. Yeah, all, all Def digital. digital. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was. I know that's, fine. that's fine. That's cool. I I appreciate all Def Digital um, putting me on their broadcast because I never was on Def Poetry. Although people used to introduce me as Queen Chiba from Def Poetry, I'd be like, 
okay, you know, whatever, you know. So I appreciate the compliment because basically they were saying, hey, you were good enough to be on there. We just, we don't know why you weren't, but you know, they just didn't make the distinction, which was fine with me. So yeah, Shihan, um, shout out to Shihan. He was in charge of getting all deaf digital to come really deaf poetry started because of Shihan out in LA. And that's at the poetry lounge. They're still popping every Tuesday night. I think it's two shows. Um, they get about small audience would be 150 normal audience, about 300 people every Tuesday night. Um, people doing their, the open mic and, and featuring. So when I go to LA in about seven weeks, I'll be featuring at the poetry lounge again. And um, it was actually Shihan who told me that I was nominated before I saw it. So, oh yeah, get back to that. So what had happened was I was actually in Jamaica and I was riding bikes, road bikes mm -hmm. with my cycling crew from Atlanta. We, we were on a cycling vacation in Jamaica, just November 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. And I knew that the uh, announcements were coming out November 10th and I was really uh, nervous about it, but we went cycling really early in the morning because it was hot in Jamaica. We were up and out by like 5 a.m. So we were back by like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And so the announcements um, started to come on at like 10, 45. So me and my partner propped up our com computer and I, I was so nervous. I didn't even take a shower yet from the bike ride. I was just sitting there like, she was like, go get in the shower call. I was like, no, I just want to She's like, it's not even on yet. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't care. I don't want to mess up. So we sat there. And of course, our category wasn't even first. It was still like 30 minutes into the telecast. And so um, what happened was, you know, I'm all the way in Jamaica. Shihan right. from the Poetry Lounge is all the way in L.A. So I guess it hit him, you know, hit his telecast before it hit our computer. Right. And mm -hmm. so he texted me and was like, congratulations, sis. And I was like, ah! So I hadn't even seen it yet before right. he told me, but it actually was a bit of relief. Cause you know, I'm like, cause they were like, your category's coming up right after this. And then 60 seconds later, he goes, congratulations, sis. And then of course you still want to see it, right? You still want the, the affirmation. And so me and my partner were like, okay, okay, here it comes. And it comes across the street, the screen. And, and I have a recording of myself just like going nuts, like, no, so <laughs> it's been a long time, long time coming. And I, you know, I want to tell people too, it's not my first time submitting. It's my fourth time right. submitting. So I submitted twice back in nine and 10, I believe it was nine and 10 or seven and 10, something like that. I forgot, but two other times um, for my Sheba Tower album and 10 for sure. And then I think it was seven or eight or, or nine, something like that for my domino effect, the second re release of that. And I submitted last year, the fuck it pill and was not nominated, but I re-released it uh, this year and made a new album and um, was lucky and honored enough and blessed enough to, you know, get a, a nomination. So I'm super excited about it. And, you know, like you said, that was your fourth time submitted. And I'm going to quote you because this is what you stated. I do nothing without the guidance of God or the higher power or what the bleep do we know or the secret or whatever you believe. Absolutely. Put that in front of you. Don't wait until you in tragedy and be like, okay, Lord, if you could just know, guide me now, God. Guide me and now from right now. You know, I'm nervous and excited about... Um, the Grammys and everything that happens. And even when I land, it's a week later, you know, I land on Tuesday. It's not even till Sunday when I do get out to LA at the end of January, going into February. And I'm, you know, I'm going to be nervous and excited and, and busy and networking and meeting people and hoping in, to run into people that, you know, I love and admire in the music industry and, and making organic friendships and connections and building communities. So um, I just, you know, want to be calm and, and walk in the footsteps that God puts out in front of me. And really that's all I can ask for. Whatever the outcome is, I know that outcome is meant for me. And, and by chance, you know, I happen not to win this year, you know, I'll try again and again, and you know, we at it. Well, it's coming, you know, it's definitely coming. You know, what, what beats a, what a try beats a failure. Nothing beats a failure but a try. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, you you did something. You know, we have people sit around mm -hmm. and they think of things and say, listen, uh, I want to do this, but they get scared to do it. And, you know, the world we live in, you know, you have to have money to provide. You didn't know where this journey was going to take you when you said you left Bank of America. Man. But you well, stepped let's, out let's be clear. I was fired. <laughs> okay. They asked, they, they asked when you to leave. When Bank of America decided <laughs> They asked you to leave. They said, okay, yeah. 
we want you to leave. So yeah. you you stepped out on faith and look where you at now. And I haven't even spoke about your two published books, um, Long Short Story, From Foster Care to Fame or Run Ugly. Yeah. So what made you what is what where would you draw where did you draw the energy to write these two books? Um, uh, you know, Foster Care to Fame or Run Ugly and Run Ugly. So um, I'll start with Run Ugly first, because that's a lot short. That's a motivational book for runners. Um, for those of you who are new to me, I run all the time. I'm, and I'm a little hiatus lately, but if you go to my Instagram page or if you follow me on Strava, which is a, a running app, um, then um, I run, cycle, ride every day. I work out about six days a week, five to six days a week. Um, and, you know, everybody takes breaks when you're supposed to, uh, when your body tells you to, but I'm a whole adult athlete. Like I travel the world doing marathons, half marathons, relays, triathlon relays, uh, a couple small triathlons. And I love working out. I, I really, really do. I love working out because I love eating. So um, I joined Black Girls Run Atlanta many years ago, 2010, 11, 12, something like that. And I was inspired to write a small motivational book for runners. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Run Ugly. And my last name is Rem, R-E-M as in Michael. And it's just a couple pages that says, hey, you know, you know you're a runner when. And it's for every level. And um, in the back of the book, I t have a poem, I think, or like a little short story about how I started running. So From Foster Care to Fame is a book of uh, short stories and longer poems that I don't get to necessarily always do on, on stage. Because even if I'm not in a poetry slam, you know, I try to keep the poems uh, for our adult ADD be about three minutes long, you know, three and a half <laughs> minutes long. So um, it's, a, it's a really awesome book. I was adopted by white people in the city of Detroit, not in the suburbs. And that's where I grew up. And I'm also biracial. So it tells my story about through the poems and the short stories and the, and the pictures. It talks about my um, journey about, you know, being adopted as a biracial um, black woman growing up in Detroit with this all white family. And they're hippies. They weren't even, they weren't even rich. You know what I mean? I'm like, they weren't even rich, you know, on great blast, right. but, um, you know, but they, they weren't, it wasn't like, yes, it's the city. Everybody can have the different strokes. You know, type exactly. of it wasn't even right. that. They were complete hippies and, you know, struggle for every dollar. We drank powdered milk when I was a child. This shit was disgusting. And, you know, just, you know, it was just a, a regular growing up, but, um, at 15 years old, I guess I was enough of a menace where they um, decided to put me back into a, a foster home. I mean, into a, a youth home. I was in a youth home from the time I was 15 to 17, graduated high school, and then have been on my own since. So I have literally made my own path and made up my own way since 15 years old. Did you ever meet your real parents? No, I've never met. That's a fresh question. I appreciate that. It doesn't get asked a lot. Um, no. I am coming up on a milestone birthday this August, and I'm thinking about um, reaching out. I actually have a friend of mine that's working on my, uh, what's that called? The, the tree thing online. Oh, the ancestry the thing. Ancestry, yeah. So and there's like a cousin who wants to reach out, and I'm like, yeah, let him reach out before the Grammys. <laughs> well, no new friends. No new friends no, after the Grammys. You know, once you, because I'm going to call you after the Grammys and say, what's up, Cousin Shiva? I need a no, dollar. Yeah, I mean, that would be so, you know, you never met anybody from that side no. of the family? No, never. Wow. I know that my mother is German. Her, so my mother, her mother was German. And her father was Cherokee directly. So I'm actually doing Ancestry.com to trace my um, Native American roots okay. so that I can find that family, find my tribe, literally. You know how we've been talking about finding our tribe forever, right? So right. find my tribe literally and then see what benefits that the Native American um, the Native American family has, you know, from the government and see, you know, who I can meet. Right. Yeah, that's pretty. Cool. So no, I've never. And my dad was black. That's that's all I okay. know. Okay, and you just black. know he's black in Detroit. Black, black in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo, where get Kalamazoo, cold, Michigan. Cold. You throw a cup of water up in, in the winter, and it comes down as ice. As ice. So <laughs> Kalamazoo, Michigan. That is the capital of Kellogg's, and a very racist, white, racist, bougie, rich city. It's just 
ridiculous. They are racist as hell in Kalamazoo, Michigan, so, Battle Creek. Mm -hmm. And so, so the story is um, that my mom, who was white, came home, came home with me and um, couldn't tell my dad who, couldn't tell, couldn't tell her dad who my father was. She lied and said she was gang raped and didn't wow. know who the father was. I was like, dang, that was extreme. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, um, and then, so my mom, so the story goes, my white biological mother met another white man. Mm -hmm. So she brought me home. She, so I wasn't adopted like out of the womb. She right. brought me home and at eight months, met a man, I guess, with some money. And the mm -hmm. white man said, sure, you know, I'll marry you, but we can't have this black child. Wow. And so she gave me up for adoption. And, um, but also the story goes that my mother was the youngest of nine or one of nine. I don't know if she was the youngest, but one of nine and they lived in complete poverty. So she sold me into slavery, y'all. <laughs> okay. Well, you up north at least, you were free. <laughs> you up north. And then me. white people came. This is a whole movie. Who's gonna make my movie? Who's gonna make my lifetime movie? And then some white people came down, adopted me out of Jackson. They were living in Jackson, Michigan. So y'all know this is wait, where's your camera? This is yeah. Detroit. Right. You know, this is the Mitten, Michigan. This is Detroit. So we were living like I'm messing up. Okay, so uh Grand Rapids of Battle Creek is up here, mm -hmm. and then Jackson, Michigan is down here. So they were already moving because my adopted dad was uh, getting a promotion from the Veterans Association and then they were moving to Detroit. So they were adopting me while moving to Detroit. So that's how I got to the actual Detroit. We didn't live in the suburbs. Okay. So I went to Detroit public schools, VTOL elementary school, shout out to y'all, Ludington middle school, and then Cass Tech high school for my freshman year. And then ended up going back up to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Just don't put it on to me. <laughs> <laughs> now see Ava, you know, Ava's one. Why of am I not putting it on Tubi, Ava? What's wrong with Tubi? Tubi's actually, I want to say two months ago, I had a conversation when the strike was going on. Tubi, that was time to get your money up. <laughs> but now since the strike is over, everything is going back to other streaming. But we can put it on Tubi. We just got to have it right on now. Netflix or Peacock or something. Well, after she get this Grammy, of course, we're going to have a what? Netflix documentary on her. Man, and why can't we do a, you know, how the comedians do the, the one hour stand up? Yeah. I wanna, I'm going to take my own one hour stand up and, and send it to uh, Netflix and see if they'll they'll pick up a, let me host a, a poetry series something on Netflix. What do y'all think about that? That'd I think great. they'll let you do it. I, I truly think they'll do it. I mean, if you had doing a movie, I'm, they'll probably have like even one of the uh, Bailey sisters playing you, Chloe or Haley, one of them too, possibly. Ooh, what, which the what's the 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 sexy one? Um, um what's the? That's, I think it's the mermaid. Uh, that's Chloe. I think. Chloe. I think she's the mermaid. I think Haley. Help me out, y'all. Which one is it? I think mean, Haley the, plays the mermaid. the mermaid. Who was the she's mermaid? The more innocent one. Chloe is the super sexy one that was like um. Yeah, the whatever one, the, the super sexy one that just popped out and was like, boom, that who that's who needs to play the young me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so so you you put these books. Beyonce out. can play my mom. Oh well, this is going to be a major. She's younger than me, so I don't know if that would work, but that would be fun. This is going to be a major production if you want Queen B to be in it. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> come on Netflix, bring the coins. Hey, I mean. She's about to probably do a residency in Las Vegas at the Spear for ten million. So hey, she's oh, come on, B. Let me open up with for with a poem for you. Come on, yeah, definitely, definitely do that. I'll take so, a cool like ten grand a night, Beyonce. Just you know, couple poems. Let me do ten grand a night. I'll stay out there with you for about six months. Hey, I'm I'm not sure what hotel is staying at, but I'm you know probably her and Jay probably got a house out there somewhere. <laughs> Hello. They so, probably own one of the hotels. Possibly, <laughs> possibly, possibly. So you put these books out and you created this poetry versus hip hop founder. Yes. How mm -hmm. did you create that? So <clears throat> how that started <laughs> was um, if you've ever been to Atlanta, um, we used to have a very famous poetry cafe called the Apache Cafe, which is 
very much like the New Eurekan in New York City or the mm -hmm. Poetry Lounge in LA or Green Mill in Chicago. And um, I was working there not only as a host on Fourth Sundays for 16 years, but also for um, on and off for about four years as the booking agent. The first three were consistent. And so my job was to keep the calendar full 60 days out, but it had to be full for 30 days, Monday right. through Sunday. Um, we had a lot of repeat shows. So like every Monday was Art Monday, every Tuesday mm -hmm. was Open Mic. So that was kind of cool. So really Thursday through Sun, th Thursday through Saturday I had to curate. So one day um, a promoter canceled, like somebody that wanted to book the cafe, they canceled. Okay. And so I was working there with um, a young hip hop artist, uh, a Filipino brother. And I was like, we need something to fill the calendar. He was the graphic person. I was the, the booking agent. I was like, yo, we need something to fill the calendar. And we were like, okay, what can we do? And I was like, hmm, my homeboy Moses West had, now Moses West, for those of y'all who don't know, is a amazing poet out of Jacksonville, Florida. He's still a poet, still does his thing. He has an amazing production called Sex on Stage. And he um, had done a show called Poetry vs. Hip Hop. So I called him. I was like, yo, do you mind? And it was a one-off. It wasn't a series. And I called him and I said, yo, do you mind if I use Poetry versus Hip Hop as, you know, this show? We got to fill a kind of like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Have it. And so we did it line down the block and we all it was was an open mic but we called the poetry versus right. hip-hop we called up one poet we called him one mc we had the audience like clap and and that was it really it was just amazing and this was a tuesday night and so right. that went so well that i decided to make it into a business i called moses back and i was like yo i want to make this into a business and make it blah 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 and he was like have it i don't care you know so when we first when we went on the road jacksonville because moses was so generous was the first place that we stopped so that's how poetry versus hip-hop got started and it's morphed and changed into what it is today it is a whole game show at today so um right now we are on a city winery tour so we will be in dc and baltimore at when? city winery philly we will be in dc baltimore philly boston when? When? new york when will you be in my area or you're like, uh, get to it, get to it. When you gonna? So we will be, um, we're doing May and June. So I think there's eight city wineries. So we're gonna do four in May, four in June, or it'll be like two in May, two in June, two in July, two in August, something like that. We're working out the tour right now, but it'll only be in the summer and only in the winter. So we're gonna do some of the ones in the summertime, and then we're gonna do a couple in November and December at the end of the year, or repeat. So, um, and the New York one is huge. It has like 500 seats. And our home residency is at the Atlanta City Winery. Um, we've grown so much there that now we have to book two shows, 6.30 and 9.30. And ironically, people really sell out the 6.30 one first. I, I would think people want to come to the 9.30 one. They're like, nah, we're trying to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's really dope. It's a fun, high energy show. It's interactive. You get a whole concert in the beginning. The first 45 minutes is a live band and a comedian. And then the um, second hour and a half is the battle between poets and MCs. And one team goes home with a thousand plus dollars. You have to see the show to know what I'm talking about. And then the um, team that loses goes home with 500 bucks. And that's okay. it. So, so I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to know when, you know. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. It's perfect. Because so, yeah. So follow us on IG and TikTok. Our TikTok is super new, but, you know, no, no, no disclaimers. Follow us on, um, yeah, follow me on. That's all my social media. For sure, I always post about it. But also Poetry versus Hip Hop has its own. It's just how it sounds. Poetry vs hip hop on ig and tiktok it's also our website poetry versus hip hop live and it does need to be updated but um we do all the updates on poetry versus hip hop ig so every time we're doing a show so right now if you happen to be in atlanta the valentine's day weekend or want to come down to atlanta valentine's day weekend if you are a hip-hop artist we're looking for hip-hop artists i'm looking for hip-hop captains i'm looking for poetry and hip-hop captains when i come to um dc baltimore philly boston new york and we're looking for bands to headline and comedians with resumes and yes all positions are paid uh, okay well let me dust off my old rhyme book <laughs> <laughs> yo 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 <laughs> yeah i mean you know i still think i got a little uh curtis blow left in me from back in the 80s Come on, <laughs> <Still man. rapping. laughs>
<laughs> nah, I'll actually pass. Well, actually, when this go on the actual streaming platform of all podcasts, I have a Google band. They'll pick it up. Well, I'm not a Google. I know a dude that runs one. He'll probably pick it up and say, yo, introduce me to us so they can come down and do what they need to do in Atlanta. We'd love to. We'd love to have people. February 11th. That's right. Oh, hey, Lady V. Welcome. Lady V is my PR person. She's doing such a great job. Yes, yes, yes. That's who I, I've spoke to. So, I mean, I know you said things was hectic yesterday, and that was cool. So we say, hey, got to get on. You never know when the next Grammy-nominated person you're going to have on here. So, hey, so hopefully, you know, everything works out for you with that. But how much time? We got a couple minutes left. All right, so this is the part of the show. I'm going to let you, you know, where, where's the, the album? The album that you're nominated for is called A, You're Not Wrong, B, They're Not Either. So you got to give us something off of there before we get off the air. Okay. So. Um, unless you just want to freestyle. Unless you want to freestyle. It's up to you. Son, Danny, son. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I'll do uh, like some, I'm going to run some snippets together. How about that? Um, so yes, the, the name of the album is called A, You're Not Wrong. And what I mean by that is you're not wrong for how you feel. You're not wrong for how you want to maneuver through life. You're not wrong for what you want to look like or how you want to dress or behave. Um, you're not wrong for your goals and dreams, the things that you want to pursue. Um, B, they're not either. So just because your way is good for you doesn't mean your way is good for someone else and doesn't mean someone else's way is good for you. So if you don't want people to judge you, then you don't judge them. So A, you're not wrong. B, they're not either. The fuck it pill, revisit it. I do have one track on there that is produced by Grammy Award winning um, R&B mastermind Robert Glasper and also actor, producer, um, music producer, mastermind Malcolm Jamal Warner. Yes, the Malcolm Jamal Warner that you all know. Um, oh, and Theo, yeah, Theo from, on the album. I don't say that he, <laughs> you know, he falls out, but he falls, he doesn't mind because he he's grateful that people you know know him from that, right? But he's done right. so much. I realized he was on Suits. I didn't realize he was on Suits. I was like, oh my god, he was a therapist on Suits when um, what's his name went to jail for like half a half a season or whatever. Well, I was I like, oh my god, you're on Suits. You know, we're actually friend friends, so I text and call him. I'm like, oh my god. So every time I'm watching something and he pops up, what else was he on that he popped up? Wasn't he on American Horror Story? Yes, he was on American Horror Story. He was on American Horror Story with um Angela Bassett, right? Yes, season three. Season three. Yeah, he was on. <laughs> The greatest oh season my, ever. Oh my God, that's my friend. So yeah, he's so inspiring, so humble. Robert Glasper is so humble. So just, they're really super inspiring to me. So um, shout out to all the nominees in the Poetry Spoken Word category, which are Kevin Powell, um, Sean Williams, and Princess Powell, and um, Aja Manet, and of course, um, Jay Ivey, who is killing the game right now. So um, good luck to everybody. And um, I'm so excited to see everybody out in LA. It's going to be really, yeah, Robert Glasper is definitely a beast. Um, all right. So let's see. I'm going to give you some snippets of stuff. Okay. That'll work. All right. No need to call the Border Patrol. We haven't fallen asleep on the road. We take an eraser to the map. Push the barriers back. This started in kindergarten when we learned to color outside the square. When we learned that truth was really the first dare, we waited so everyone was there. Then we lit the fuse in boarding school. Escaping authorities is expected. Snatched the chain, hocked the necklace. Now we frequent fly time zones and eat crescents for breakfast. Attack from all sides when they least expected. Building tunnels till dawn across the neck when they're stretching. We'll learn to escape when our wrists turn green. Jacob made the handcuffs disguised with his bling. Bought it back from the pawn shop, dyed it pink and sold it back again. We have infinite possibilities, infinite responsibility. Raise up in arms, let them fall with no sympathy. Look them in the eye and damn to start flinching. This is our world, but we've been too passive to take it back. We don't need to let no addiction strip us to know it's time to get back to black. We try love. 
it's not working. We tried peace. They tried murder. We took the high road. They blew the bridge. This is only the beginning of the security breach. When the spook that sat by the door starts to speak, hit enter, download the virus, let it start to leak. Let me get a Diet Coke with my new world order. Pick a signs, won't work. No speech about dreams. Time to unravel their plans and take a razor to the seams because I believe. And I believe poems are supposed to fun mirror your shit. You're right. You could be wearing long sleeves to cover up the cigarette berm. Shea butter couldn't fade. The very thought of walking to the Chevron for cool 100s in a box through the swats at midnight might make an involuntary tear dive out of the corner of your eye. Hey, do you think Rakia Boyd ate that day? Now Rakia is recycled earth. She don't get to jump into her homie's mama's car. Ain't no more hooky. You should still get to scuttle out of the room because someone might take the safety off. Pepper spray your retinas might say the word that makes you throw dishes against the wall, a can of Similac at the cabinets, an iron still plugged in against a hairy chest. I ain't loading blanks. All my poems are supposed to be the first night alone in a new house, a hoodie in a dark hallway, a broken parking lot light at Walmart during Christmas, a tall man in the corner, heartburn in the shoulders, a glimpse of a gun in a waistband, at a movie theater, in a crowded club, at a concert. Where were the warning signs for Kendra James, Sean Bell, Eric Gardner? What about Mr. Grant? executed cold blood how's your balance as you step over a warm body tell them to bring the rope from the texas jail cell the gun from the corner store the sniper from the playground at the new black charter school tell them to bring their knives tell them to come fully loaded because we the poets are the motherfucking cannon 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 i always wanted like DJ Cannon to be like, Cannon, Cannon, Cannon. <laughs> and that's what went on my head. I'm like, okay, don't tell me she got Cannon who did something for. That would um, be nice. That would be great. Oh, um, thank you, Clarissa. They said they, I'm looking at the come. They said they snapping fingers and all right now. So, you know. Thank you. Thank you, DJ. I appreciate it. Oh, Bye. that's me. <laughs> well, that's, that's you. Me. Okay, that's well, hey, you're going to pretend like it was somebody else. I yeah. appreciate it. So, where can they find this album at? So the album is everywhere. You okay. um you can find it everywhere. Um, it's on title Spotify, um, Apple Music, anywhere you can stream. It's on Amazon Music. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon Prime. You can anywhere that there is music, you can find the album. It's called A. You're not wrong. B. They're not either. But because there's so much buzz around all the albums right now because it's a Grammy voting season, then um, you can just put in A. You're not wrong, Queen Sheba, and it'll pop right up. Please use it for your Instagram videos. Please use it for your TikTok videos. You can put my name in, put A. You're not wrong, put in Queen Sheba Poet. I will come up for your TikTok videos. Um, for your Instagram videos, please use, you know, my music all over the place, make videos and, you know, tag me and I'll definitely repost you. Yeah. I, Cause I definitely use one of your videos for the actual, um, promo for this for today. So that was used. I was tagged on, uh, I think I tagged you on Instagram. Okay. All right. Cool. It. So, you know, this is my part of the show right here. This is called I be damn. This is where crazy shit happened on dates. And you have to, and as the guests, you guys get to respond on what you would do in this situation. So, oh lord, uh, it happens is in my public in my public life, I ran a nonprofit for at-risk teen girls. In my private life, I did everything to make my neighbor Kenny mine. He's married to a petty, vengeful wildebeest. I booked a hotel for me and Kenny. We did the thing. It was good with a T at the end. I ordered pizza. About 30 minutes later, I opened the door looking for pizza, but it was his wife and her friend. She tracked him. Wife talked shit while her friend stuck a phone in my face recording everything. Kenny ran and left me there with them. Wife, look at this nasty bitch out here spending money on married niggas. Is this what we're teaching young girls? The friend posted the video and I lost my sponsors. My teens have the video and most of them bailed on me. I've contacted his wife to apologize, but she won't accept it. But she forgave Kenny and he's still by her side. 
That's why I created a nonprofit in the first place, because women always choose their men and don't know how to be sisters. How do I get my life back? I've lost everything. Help. <laughs> so many flags on the play. So many, like, so people, we have to think about the future, not just right now. And when you, when, I'm talking to her. So right. when she called the wife petty and vengeful and vindictive, are you not petty, sister, by going out with this married man? And yes, he has his own responsibility, but you knew he was married in the first place. How were you, how did you expect him to stay or choose you when you created your side self as a side chick? Right. So you didn't lose everything. You gave it away. Which is true. Yeah. You gave away, you gave away your dignity, your integrity. You gave away your, 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 your honor, your, um, what am I trying to say? Your, your, your whole mission state. That's what I'm trying to say. Your whole mission for the nonprofit. Right. So yeah, nah, I mean, what you could do to get your life back is to, um, be the things that you're looking for. Joan, June Jordan. Right. Be the change that you're looking for. June well, Jordan. So if you're looking thing. to be, if you're looking to be somebody's partner, be partner worthy. There you have it. But she's been plotting the whole time. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be plotting, somebody's going to be plotting on you. And then you you would never be able to trust yourself. No. I mean, you're always going to be looking over your shoulder to see if he's going to be cheating on you. Erica Badu told us this years ago, I don't want your man. I don't <laughs> want your man because he's going to do the same thing to me he's doing to you. Which is true. Look, I get it. I live in a city where it's, I live in Atlanta, where mm -hmm. the ratio of cisgendered men and cisgendered women is 20 to one, heterosexual. Heterosexual mm -hmm. cisgendered men and women, women is 20 to one. I right. totally understand it. Now, the difference is if you and, what, what is his name, Kenny? If yeah, you Kenny. you and Kenny and the wife would have had a conversation and said, hey, you know, let's let's all work this polygamy thing out. That's a whole nother a whole nother thing. That's where you all sit down and agree and talk about it and everybody's mature and you work together. Right. Um, but just going after somebody's man because you don't like the way and he could be lying to you. Could be. Of course he's like, oh, she hates my guts and she does this. He's not gonna come to you and be like, oh, I'm so happy. This is amazing. I love my wife completely. You know, just, I mean, of course he's gonna give you the violin strings. So in that situation, sis, to get your life back, then be the example. Could be. But also we should have learned in 1992, I believe, in Decent Proposal, starring Robert Redford, Demi Moore, and Woody Harrelson. Some money talks. Because <laughs> like, he paid her a million. He paid Woody a million dollars. One a night million. with Emmy. Uh, yeah. a million. I don't even think you have to go that high for me. 50,000 would be cool. Like, 50,000. No, that's good. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm broke. Give hey. me 50,000. You're all right. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 50,000 euros. <laughs> 50,000. 50, and you can yeah. do what you want to do. You know, but definitely thank you for coming on. You know spending some time with me and spending some time with the HBCU family. Um, and, you know, shout out to Clark Atlanta. Appreciate you. Grammy nominated, you know, so we definitely will give a tune in to your album on all streaming services. And if you miss the actual live, this will be actually on all platforms next week. Oh, awesome. As well. So I'll send it. I'll send the lady V in the email. You CC the name. I could send it when it comes out. Um, yes, thank you. We can go from there and right here. Actually, I'm going to drop the poetry part in the Clark Atlanta group once we get off. So it's like when you spoke, so I'm like, listen, go support your teacher. Go harass yes. her on campus. She she I said she needs some more pay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. I was um awarded professor of the month for October this year. So and then the Grammy nomination literally happened two weeks later. So it's been I'm on I'm on the way up. 
And so I know they, there's, you know, they know diversity you every, every single day, but let's go, Lord. I'm ready. Hey, they know you out there. So, and Clark down in the A, they know you. So if I don't have to speak, I just say, hey, I had Queen Sheba. Oh, you know, there we go. Y'all want to meet my puppy? Come on up here. Come on, up, up. This is my puppy, Charlie. Say hi. There ain't, no, ain't no damn puppy. That's a grown man. <laughs> she is a girl. Well, that's a grown woman. That's a big dog. <laughs> she is only 21 months. She's a sweet girl. Oh, yeah, people that... People that know me know that's like my phobia, big dogs. I was oh, attacked man. as a kid by I, a I feel like small dogs are a waste of life. Like, what, do, what are we doing with this purse accessory? What What are you doing? Why are you Why are you I, carrying this dog around? I have one. She's upstairs. The supervisor. <laughs> she, Paul and Scott got some food. She'd come down here, but I don't have any food right now. But, I'm a yeah. dog lover. Thank you so much for having me. Always, definitely, definitely. Hey, listeners, uh, people that's viewing, there's no show next week. Merry Christmas. There's no show actually for two weeks because of the holidays. So we're going to take off. Um, but on January 10th, I want you to bring your children to this show because I have content creator Uncle Demi and some developers for the game of NBA 2K24 coming. Ooh. So bring your kids on so they can get their cheat codes and all that stuff on how to create the my player, how to hit shots in this video game. They're definitely coming on and they're going to drop some jewels and gems on how they create the game and also how you can be good at the game January 10th. So definitely same time, 7 p.m. Um, definitely. And we definitely going to check on Queen Sheba when she gets to the Grammys because we don't want Queen Sheba up in them puffy. Look, listen, y'all. <laughs> Follow me on IG. I'm going to be going live. I'm going to be posting to my story every day. And I think I have a highlight reel that I've said, you know, like on Instagram. So I've been putting all the, the, the Grammy stuff into the highlight reel. Please follow me on TikTok. Um, I've been doing, you know, different videos on each one. Follow me on Twitter. All my social media is the Queen Sheba. So I'm posting on uh, TikTok, IG, and um, Twitter every single day. And of course, please follow Poetry versus Hip Hop. And we're looking for poets and MCs. We're looking for four poets and four MCs when we come to DC and Baltimore, uh, Philly, and New York and Boston. So if you want to come on the road or if you want to be in one of those cities, we would love to have you. You only need one poem. You only need one song. It's only one. You only need one thing. One. I'll keep in in touch. So when you come to this area, I'll definitely, I like to go meet all my guests. Uh, I had a guest on Terry Tucker probably about a month ago. He was out Denver and I went to Denver, but he wound up having uh, to go to his radiation for cancer. So we didn't get the link up. So um, if you're in town, I'll hang out, meet you, take pictures and go. I would love that. Yeah, we'll yeah, definitely I'll, come out in May. I'll You've been on you. Charles Street, so hey, so you know. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some tickets. I'm gonna give you some tickets. You know, I give you ten tickets. Give them away. Bring your family. Whatever you want to do. I bring the whole Amsterdam the whole staff with me. Yes, that would be great. They'll all love to come. So remember, people, no show next week. No show the following week. Happy, what is it? Happy Merry Christmas. Christmas. I forgot what Eddie Murphy said. Merry New Year. Merry <laughs> Happy Happy Christmas. Merry New Year. Yeah. Peace. Wish me luck, y'all. Thank y'all so much for your support. And I look forward to seeing y'all on my IG. We look forward to seeing you. So remember, see you in two weeks. Thank you for coming again. Thank you. You know, it's my house, but you all.